0: brother so. Good morning, Shiloh, and good morning to all of you listening out there online, and welcome to uh, this Sunday where we will continue our message, Looking Up God's Design for Tough Times. And our title for today's message is Lifting Weights. So, our topic today is going to be encouragement and how you and I can use encouragement to help lift some of the struggles that so many are going through in these times. So, I wanted to play this song because I think it is such a great representation of what we're going to be talking about today. Now, it actually came up at the very beginning. If you weren't paying attention, though, do you know who sang this song? The Hollies. Very good. Who can name any other song the Hollies ever sung? Wait, don't laugh. They were very popular. And this bus stop, Carrie Ann, The Air That I Breathe. Okay, I, don't, I could sing all of them, but I'm not going to. But here's this thing while this may not be, quote unquote, a Christian song, I want to read you something, and I quote this, as to where the title of the song came from. James Wells, moderator of the Free Church of Scotland, tells the story of a little girl carrying a big baby boy in his 1884 book, The Parables of Jesus. Seeing her struggling, someone asked her if she wasn't tired. With surprise, the little girl replied, Oh no, he's not heavy, he's my brother. So that's where that came from. Now, with so much negativity and and so much bad news, I'm thankful, and you should be thankful, that the Word of God is still as strong, still as powerful, and still is our hope and what we go to. The God that inspired the writing of his Bible years and years and thousands of years ago is still God. Isn't that good news? He's still with us. He still will not forsake us. So that's a good thing. All right, so sometimes we can easily miss that people are dealing not only with the issues that you see or, or that are obvious to you that people are going through, but many times, most times, if, I were, if you were to be honest, I was asked for a show of hands, much of what we struggle with is not seen. It's not visible. It's not something that other people really can realize or recognize. And to that fact, in this polarized world, right, it's become so easy to be critical. In fact, some have even gone as far as being so hateful of those who share views other than their own. So God said he would never leave us or forsake us, so he's not going to do that. What are we going to do with that? Well, God gave us some very, very important instructions as to what we could and should do in these very type of times. And we're going to cover that Today And you may think, oh, no, are you going to tell us everything we should do? No, not everything, but a few things. But before we begin, let's start with what we shouldn't do, all right? So here's where we're going to start. We're going to start in the book of Job. And, you know, I don't know about you, if you know the book of Job, I don't need friends like Job had, all right? His friends were interesting. And so for those of you that may not know the story of Job, just a really quick uh, update on that. Uh, Job was a really good man. God said he was really good, but his enemy, Satan, yes, there is a Satan, uh, an an evil one, came and, and really just put this guy through the ringer, thinking that in enough time, if he did enough bad things to him, he would actually curse God, which didn't happen, by the way. But he comes, his kids are... Get killed, his servants all get killed, he loses his animals, his crops and his, his vineyards go burn up. It's he, and then he gets boils from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. So he's in really tough straits. And what do his friends do? His friends get right in his face and they say, Well, you know, Job, it's got to be your fault. You know, you've got to deserve this. It wouldn't come otherwise. You know, you've committed sin. And that's why God is doing this to you, which of course we know God wasn't doing it to him. But that's what his friend said. So unfortunately, you may know someone in, in your life that you run into that may be similar to this. It, it, it wasn't just limited to Job's time. But here's what Job says. I have heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. See, he'd heard it all before because the book talks about how people would walk down or go down this, the road and would just make fun of him and ridicule him, and you know he was the you're the big guy before, and now I look at you, you're nothing. So he said, "Hey, I've heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are!" He probably expected more from his friends, but then he goes on to say this: "Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking?" I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if it were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. See, Job says, if it were me, I would encourage you. He says, if it were me, I would speak words of life to you. I would try to take away your grief. I would encourage you. See, the Bible says our words can build up or they can tear down. Proverbs 18.21 is very clear on this. It says the tongue can bring death, right, or life. What would it look like? What would it look like if all of us would make it our responsibility to encourage others, to help build each other up. So as a side note, when I die, at my funeral, I would like at least one person to get up and say, Ed really encouraged me and it made a difference in my life. So if, if you would do that, come up and see me afterwards and I will make sure you are notified when I die. Preferably, you would be under 50. All right, enough on that. On a much more serious note, why is being an encourager so important and and more specifically so vital for where you and I find ourselves today? You know why? Because everyone, everyone we meet is facing a battle, and many times that battle is not It's not seen. It's not visible. And that's probably why the writer of Hebrews says this, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Now see, it doesn't say in in Hebrews, encourage people now and, and then. You know, encourage people when the Spirit moves you to encourage them. It says that we are to encourage one another daily. God wants each of us to become more of an encourager and less of a discourager. And why do we do it daily? Paul says so that none of you have your hearts hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. So if you're a Christian you probably have a pretty good idea of what sin means. But, but if you're out there or if you're in here and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you, you don't really know exactly what it means to be a Christian, the word sin is not in your vocabulary. It's not a relevant modern term. So let's define sin for all of us. Some of us already know. So when I looked it up, here's what it said. A vitiated state of human nature in which the self is estranged from God. Vitiated? I didn't know what vitiated means. Maybe you do, but I didn't, so I looked it up. It says a debased, a debased or defective state of human nature in which the self is estranged from God. See, it's a defective state when we sin because we were never created to be separated from God, to be estranged from him. And what does sin do to us in that regard? Well, sin lies, sin distracts, it destroys, it tears down. It ultimately tells you what you can never be, and it tries to convince you that God wants no part of you. You see, it's important to realize that when we sin, God never moves. We move away from God emotionally and spiritually. And encouragement by others helps us to move away from sin, and to move closer to God. See, the writer of Hebrews, is, this is so critical, says that the act of encouraging others actually plays a vital role in keeping people from being separated from God. Is that, is that awesome or what? Is that awesome? I don't know about you, but I I face a temptation to be discouraged pretty much on a daily basis, maybe multiple times, with all that's going on around us. And it doesn't have to be just these times. It can be any time. But I also have these voices in my head. You, do you have voices in your head? Because if you don't, then I'm very strange. Stay away from me. Um, but I have voices in my head sometimes that just say to me, you know, you don't measure up. You're not, you're not everything a pastor should be. And, you know, you're just not good enough in, in these areas. And, and other negative thoughts. So I hear those thoughts. But the writer knows, the writer of Hebrews knows that we're all confronted with things like this on a daily basis. All of us. And encouragement helps us to say no to the things that tempt us to be discouraged or towards sin. And you know what? I know that I need encouragement daily. So guess what? I want to make sure I am giving encouragement daily. So when I talk about being encouraging, I know there are some here that say, you know, Ed, I understand that you're outgoing. You know, you're, you're kind of a people person, so it's easy for you. You don't mind talking to people and all that. It's just not, my, you, you might say, it's not my gifting. Well, here's what I would tell you. It has nothing to do with your gifting. It's something God tells us to do. Now, here's what I've learned in the Word of God. If God tells me to do something, I can do it. Couple things. I may not want to do it. I may not even like to do it. But if God tells me to do it, I can do it. So, what does it take if you're one of those people? And that means it takes you to learn how to do it. So, I am going to give you the greatest single way to become an encourager. Okay? The greatest single way. Who's determined it's the greatest single way? I have. Okay. So, here it is. It's very simple. If you think something good about someone, say it. Express it. Text it. Now, for those of you that are probably below 40 and you have a mobile phone, here's a shocking statement. It actually makes calls. I'm, I'm ever, I forever flabbergasted. My young adult children will text me and, and I don't, I don't mind texting, but I don't like text, especially if it's a bigger subject. So I will call them and guess what? They don't answer. So I text them and I say, Hey, I just called you. And they guess what? Text back. What do you want? What I want you to do is answer your phone. All right. That could have been discouraging, so I take that back. All right. So when you think something positive, act on it. So here's my, I have three calls to action today. Here's my first one. Reach out to someone every day this week, okay? Reach out to someone every day this week. I don't care how you do it. Text them, call them, write them a note. Just send them an email. But every day, one person, and keep track of it. I want you to write it down. So at least seven people this week are going to be encouraged by you. Now look at all the people here. Think of all the people that will be encouraged. And when you encourage them, encourage them to encourage someone. Remember though, write it down because you have a goal now. And a goal without a plan is a wish, an old saying. Okay, so tell them something you admire about them, something they did that blessed you. Encourage them. And and let me give you a very important reality because a lot of people miss this. Sometimes people look like they don't need encouragement. Sometimes people look like they have it all together, and they don't. Trust me, they don't. So look out for that. Be careful for that. And here's another important reality. I know that I say discouraging things. I know that sometimes I say critical or judgmental things. You know, but I realize how critical our words can be. And and I'm trying to catch those words. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But but let me ask you a question, because this is important. Have you ever had anyone say anything critical to you? Something that really hurt, something that made you sad, something that, that made you maybe angry? You don't have to raise your hand, because I know most of us have had something in our lifetime. Now, I don't know about you as well, but most of the time, most people that have that happen, months, sometimes years later, you remember that. Sometimes you can remember right where you were. Sometimes it hurts so bad that you can literally feel the emotions come back when that is brought up. So let me tell you a story in my life. So I was 11, 12, or 13. I don't remember how old I was, but I was somewhere in that range. And I was in the car with my father. We were driving somewhere. I don't remember the circumstances. I just remember what he said to me. And he looked at me, we we're at a stop sign. He looked at me and he, and he said, you're a queer. I think you're, you're weird. Oh my gosh. I just can't even tell you how devastating it was to hear my father say that to me. Now I'm sure you've had parents, some of you, that were much worse, but for me at that moment, I was right at that key age where I was, you know, becoming a teenager or thereabouts. Oh my goodness. 55 years later plus, I can still remember that car, that, that conversation with my dad. Now, I know God. I know that my father loved me. I know that my father was doing the best he could with what he was dealing with today. <laughs> I didn't know that back then. But it, it, be, it took me to become a, a Christian and to experience the love, the forgiveness, the acceptance of my heavenly father, and I was able to get that out of my life. But I'll tell you, some of you sitting here today, You've been hurt by things people have done or said to you. And, and I will tell you this, encouragement from you and to you will do a great thing to alleviate some of the pain that that continues to bring in your life. We'll, we'll chat a little more again in specifics on that as we move forward. But let me tell you something about me. Even today, and, and this, is, this is representative, of, I think, of a lot of people, but certainly me. There's an old saying, one aw shucks wipes out a hundred attaboys. Okay, so I can have 10 people in a row tell me that they really are blessed by me and that one person that nails me, that comes up and you know, writes me and says, this is it about you. I just had someone do that, by the way, which is really kind of cool on Facebook. Uh, but in any event, it just, that can really hurt. And the fact of the matter is that it's not right, but we need to realize what Proverbs said is true. Words can, can kill or words can bring life, so important. By the way, here's a interesting point. Neurologists, there was a study done, and neurologists found this, that if something negative is said to you, you can accept that, your brain is actually predisposed to accept negative uh, comments instantly. However, positive comments take about 15 seconds for them to really register and for you to then have an option of accepting them or not. So, interesting. You know, it's so difficult to remember positive things sometimes, but so difficult to forget the negative. So, what we say matters more than some of us can imagine. So here's another challenge. Keep track of what you say. Listen to yourself this week. And try to catch yourself when you're about to say something critical or discouraging. And sometimes, by the way, it may be out of your mouth before you can stop it, in which case, take it back or say something positive around that. And and listen, one of the ways we really think we can say anything we want is the political issue we're going through right now. I mean, oh, my gosh, I hear people tear into more candidates. You know what? The old saying, if you don't have something good to say, don't say anything. Our world is polarized enough right now. As Christians, let's not not join into that. Let's actually try to be encouraging, if we can, to people. It's just so important. The Apostle Paul said this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So with all the different relationships you have, Think about them. Think about something good you can say. Something good you can say even to people you don't like. How many have people they don't like? Raise your hand. People you don't like. Come on. Yeah, everybody has people you don't like. All right. Well, try and encourage them as well. Everyone is holier than me because I have people I don't like. Um, but I love them. Isn't that the old saying? You know, I may not like you, but I love you. I'm not sure that's true, by the way. Um, so what are some important groups of people? Kids. Okay, if you have children, tell them what you love about them. Tell them what they're good at. Tell them where they win. You know, as parents, sometimes we want so much for our children that we don't realize it, but we kind of zero in on the things they're not to try to help them get better instead of focusing on the things they are and building them up in those areas. And another one is marriages. It is so—and by the way, on the children thing, if you're a parent, that includes adult children. Don't miss that. It includes adult children. They sometimes deal with much bigger issues and need encouragement more than anyone. So another place, marriages. You can encourage your spouse. If you want to help to divorce-proof your marriage, learn how to encourage your spouse on a daily basis. does wonders. You know, if your marriage is not where you'd like it to be, if you've reached a point where you don't even like your spouse— if you are contemplating ending your marriage, I encourage you, start encouraging your spouse. It does a number of things. It really changes the heart of your spouse. At first, they're not going to accept them. They're going to just think you're, you're for whatever reason, you're doing it. But, but once they do, it starts to change the way they view you. But here's the important part. It starts to change the way you view your spouse because the more encouraging things you say, the more you see that they are, and the less you see what they're not. And if you have a good marriage, don't take it for granted. Encourage your spouse every day. My wife, Barb, is is my greatest fan. She encourages me in so many different ways. One of the ways she encourages, she keeps an amazing house that's very peaceful. It's very warm and inviting, and I, I encourage her in that a lot. And and she encourages me in in the very fact she does that. And and there's another thing about encouraging. When you encourage what you want to see, you typically see more of it. So that's why I encourage my wife regarding her cooking. (laughs) So let me go back again and tell you Don't think that people have it all together. If you only encourage those who look like they need encouragement, you will miss 90% of the people who would love to be encouraged by you. So I want to go from what you are saying to others to what you're saying to yourself. I call that self-talk. What are you saying to yourself? What are you hearing when you're alone or when you're lying in bed at night? Are you hearing encouraging words from yourself? Are they words of life, words of faith, or are they words of condemnation, doubt, fear, discouragement? I, I tell you, it's my opinion that the enemy is more active between midnight and 6 a.m. than any other time. You know, you wake up, everything's really good, and all of a sudden things just start flooding through your brain. And, and it's, it's a time when we need to know how to deal with that. I'm going to share some of that with you. So King David, let's talk about King David. and and what he needed to do based on where he found himself. So King David has just gone out. They've had a successful series of raids, but they come back to their village, and guess what? It's destroyed, and all their, their families are gone. So his friends, I mean, his friends, they're ready to kill him. I mean, he's the leader. He was responsible. And boy, oh boy, they are not happy with him. So this is what it says in 1 Samuel. David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. See, he told himself in that very hard time of the faithfulness of his God. He preached to himself about the goodness of God. He reminded himself of the provision of God. He built himself up in the things of God. Everything he saw with his natural eyes, it was hopeless. Everything around him cried out discouragement. But he encouraged himself. He preached to himself. He built himself up in his holy faith. Three different times in Scripture, David asks himself this question, why so downcast, oh my soul? I mean, it's like David's having a conversation with himself, right? It's kind of like an out-of-body experience. He's, he's talking to his emotions. He's talking to, to his soul saying, why are you so depressed? Why are you so down? Why are you so low, okay? So like David, maybe you're asking yourself, why do you feel so disconnected right now. Why are you experiencing some of the anxiety you're experiencing? Why are you so overwhelmed at times? Because you know you're a person of faith. Why? You see, like David, we need to remind ourselves at those times about the faithfulness, the goodness, the power, and the provision of our God. Remind yourself that God is your provider, your protector. He's good, He's all-powerful. He is ever-present, and he loves you. So I want to encourage you as we begin to wind up our message today. I want to encourage you with the Word of God. I want to tell you what God's Word says about you. I want you to hear the truth about you and what you can say about yourself. All right, so take a deep breath, and if you want to close your eyes because sometimes you can listen. Um, better with your eyes closed, but everything I'm about to share with you is out of the Word of God. Everything. None of it is my saying. Every one of these things is out of the Word of God. So here we go. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. My sins have been forgiven. I am redeemed. I am a child of the living God. God. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm an ambassador of the Most High God. I am the highest ranking diplomat sent by God from heaven to represent the love of Jesus on this earth. I am free from the power of sin and death. I have the mind of Christ. I am filled with the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I am the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he planned in advance for me. My sins are completely forgiven. I am a new creation in Christ. My sinfulness has been separated from me as far as the east is from the west. I'm called by God to be a light to this dark world. I am the salt of the earth. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm seated in heavenly places with my Savior Jesus. My God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. And why so downcast, O oh my soul? That is, that is who you are. Those are the promises you can claim. You can encourage yourself in the Lord with those. You can know that God has made you the head and not the tail. So here's my third call to action. When you're feeling down for whatever reason, talk to yourself. Preach to yourself. Faith words, words of life. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you're getting beat up, get out of bed. Get out your Bible or get out your, you should have scriptures like this written down. I do. Scriptures that I can go to immediately when I know the Lord is, come, or I know what the Lord has for me and the enemy's coming after me. Talk to yourself, words of life. So three calls to action, as we talked about. Reach out to encourage someone every day this week. Keep track of what you say, okay? And, and try to limit any discouraging, critical words. And when you're feeling down, talk to yourself from the word of God and tell yourself who you are and who God is to you. So I'm going to end today by giving you the last set of lyrics of the song we started with because I think it so captures the the essence of what we've talked about here today. It says, If I'm laden at all, I'm laden with sadness that everyone's heart isn't filled with the gladness of love for one another. See, when the world seems polarized and so out of, out of sorts as it is today, we, you and I as Christians, can express love. We can express grace. We can be people of faith. And the word says they will know us by our love for one another. So, Father, I just thank you today. Lord, I am reminded of just the urgent need for encouragement today of those walking through some of these difficult times. Lord, there is so much hurt and pain represented by things going on. But Lord, you've given us light. You've given us hope. You've given us a knowledge of where we're going to end up. You've told us you love us and will never forsake us. Father, we have encouraging words for those who you put in our path. What I pray I pray that as the body of Christ, Lord, we will rise up. We will be a body that expresses hope, expresses love, that we encourage one another with the truth. Father, open our hearts for this. And as we do that, Lord, I know what you do. You encourage us. So, Father, thank you today that that we will take seriously the times we live in and even more seriously the call you have given us to be light to a dark world. Help us. Help us to be those that encourage. I pray this in your precious, your holy, your powerful name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, all of you, for spending this time with us this morning. I pray you have a great week and go out and encourage someone. All right. God bless you.